this evening, I'm going to be, uh, as we look at personalities of the Old Testament, we think of people who are truly great, great saints, great sinners, people who are magnificent in their own way, like David, Moses, people of that type. Adam and Eve are fundamental, obviously, in our life. But this evening, I'll be looking at someone who is much weaker and has many flaws, which perhaps in a sense we can identify with. I think it's why we always like uh, St. Peter, because he's very many more flaws than the, than the beloved disciple. It's kind of hard to identify with the beloved disciple since he never seems to have made a mistake. But Peter is always stumbling and falling and in that way, in a sense, he's a bit more simpatico as we, we look at him, even though we may not, uh, we certainly don't agree with the, the way in which he denied the Lord and things of that type. And so this evening, what I'd like to do is reflect upon a kind of ambiguous character of the Old Testament, and that is Lot. Lot is always getting things wrong. It's very, in a sense, attractive, but also troubling. He gets things wrong. For example, he, his, uh, his herdsmen and those of Abraham are fighting one another, and so Abraham makes the wise decision, a very generous decision. He says to Lot, his nephew, well, look, you go one way, I'll go the other. You go this way, I'll go that way. You, you take your pick. What do you want? And so Lot has an instinct for the superficial. He's profoundly superficial, if it's possible to be that. And he looks and he sees these wealthy cities on the plain before the Dead Sea was the Dead Sea, superficially attractive. And he sees Judah, rocky territory, not for him. So he says, I'll take the rich part. You take the not so rich part. So Abraham says, fine, you go that way. So he goes down and he settles uh, near Sodom and Gomorrah. Not a good choice. And then we see him uh, finding himself in probably the worst possible place to be because the angels of God are about to come and destroy it. And yet in the midst of it, we see a certain graciousness, a certain nobility in Lot. He welcomes the angels who come to on their mission of destruction, and he tries to protect them. Listen as we read this reading from uh, chapter 19 of Genesis. Listen to the door opening and closing. He shuts the door behind him to protect his guests. We just watch that door go back and forth. It's very instructive. And then finally, the angels rescue Lot as he has tried to, in one moment of graciousness, to protect them. And then they tell him, get out, get out of town. We're about to destroy this city. And there we see Lot at his bumbling worst. He says, shall I go here, there, uh, Zoar? I don't want to go, he's just bumbling along. And at the end, he ends up in a passage right after this section in a very uh, dubious uh, situation with his own family. And so we see that and we reflect upon that character, that person who speaks to us, teaches us how we should not be like Lot. And maybe we see in Lot some graciousness and some goodness that we can, we can imitate. We also see the other people in this, or not people, uh, angels, the other creatures of God who are in this account in chapter 19 have appeared earlier in chapter 18. And as with uh, other passages that are read for Lectio Divina, we can't simply do two chapters. So we've, I've cut it off at 19, the more spectacular one. 
uh, and one I think we do need to reflect on. But these angels who appear at the beginning of chapter 19 are the same angels who have come in chapter 18. There they come to offer the promise of hope to Abraham and Sarah. There is that great moment uh, at the, the tree where they come and uh, the fame is, it's immortalized in the Rublev uh, um, icon, the welcoming of the angels of God. But here they are coming not to promise hope, but to punish that which is wrong, that which is evil. They punish Sodom. And Sodom is a place which has a very bad, totally always bad reputation. It's usually it's teamed up with Sodom and Gomorrah, sometimes alone. Gomorrah always is, ends up with Sodom. And there are many different explanations of the evil there. One particular dimension appears here, but in other parts of the, the, uh, the, New, the Old Testament, Sodom has other evils of, that are attributed to it, an injustice in it, and various other things. So it is a symbol of the un, unhelpful, the unholy place, the, the place sort of like later on, we have the comparison of Babylon the Great and the heavenly Jerusalem. It is the alternative, the place that leads to death, not the place that leads to life. And so we see that in this passage. The lot in this, which we need to meditate upon as we look upon our own situation in the world. May the Lord guide us in that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We ask the Lord to take away from us all those sins that block his way into our hearts. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, turn aside, I pray you, to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the street. But he urged them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Lot went out of the door to the men, shut the door after him and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow, has come to, this fellow came to sojourn and he would play the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man, Lot, and drew near to break the door. But the men put forth their hands and brought Lot into the house to them and shut the door. 
and they struck with blindness the men who were at the door of the house, both small and great, so that they, were weir they wearied themselves groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city? Ring them out of this place, for we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. And he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. When morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be, cons you be consumed in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, and the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him forth and set him outside the city. When they had brought him forth, they said, Flee for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Flee to the hills, lest you be consumed. And Lot said to them, oh, oh, no, my lords. Behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life, but I, I cannot flee to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, yonder city is near enough to flee to, it's a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. He said to him, Behold, I grant you this favor also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Make haste, escape there, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen on the north when, the, when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew them, those cities, and all the valley, and all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went out early in the morning, the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley and beheld, and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. Lot started out just as a visitor, but he, and he thinks he is now more established, sitting at the gate was what the elders did of a town. He started out by just pitching his tent near Sodom, but he wanted to kind of settle in to become part of that community. He had no wisdom in him. But there he is sitting at the gate as an honored elder, he thinks. He discovers in a short time that's not who he is. 
The citizens don't care for him at all. They think he's just a foreigner who's passing by. They treat him with no respect at all. Maybe that could be the definition of, of Lot. He gets treated with no respect, except by God, which may be something to teach us all. The angels came to Sodom in the evening. They were traveling very quickly to get from where they were with Abraham to where they come with, uh, with Lot. But then I guess angels can do that. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, my lords, turn aside, I pray you, to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. Here we have in Lot a graciousness to a stranger. These two angels in the form of young men are coming by, strangers coming out of the desert to the town. And it's part of the tradition of the people of old to always treat a stranger, a sojourner with respect to offer hospitality. We see that just in the previous chapter when the same angels came and uh, Abraham prepared a feast for them. This isn't perhaps so much part of our own culture. We need to, in this at least, imitate Lot, to have a graciousness towards strangers in our midst. And that sometimes is not our approach. We need to ask the Lord to help us to be more like that. Of course, we, we do find strangers in our midst. We found them here in this city in 1847 when 40,000 strangers landed on the shore down by Ireland Park. To this day, we find people coming out of the desert, coming to a place. We pray that when anyone comes as a guest or a stranger, they may be welcomed as Abraham and Sarah welcomed the angels in the previous chapter and Lot welcomes them here. May that be our way of responding to people. And there's something else here. Another bit of graciousness, not as dramatic as bowing to the ground and offering hospitality. My lords, turn aside, I pray, to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet then you may rise up early and go on your way. I think perhaps Lot is giving them a bit of a warning here. He sees them, he welcomes them, stay overnight, come to my place, then get out of here. Because perhaps Lot is himself beginning to understand this is, although he wants to be hospitable, he's about the only one in town who is. So he's trying to help them, like, come, you've just arrived, unexpected, welcome. Stay overnight, get out of here early in the morning before anyone else finds out you're here. We think, I think, that Lot knows what's about to happen. He can suspect it. There's a certain graciousness in that that is perhaps more touching than the extravagant external signs of that. My lords, turn aside, I pray you, to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, no, we will spend the night in the street. But he urged them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast 
and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. They're not there for social reasons. He is offering them poor lot, not understanding usually whatever is happening. He usually misses it. They're not coming for a visit. They're coming to blast away the city. They're coming as the angels of Sodom to destroy that place. In which in the previous chapter, we see that Abraham pleading for the people, even of a place that had done great wrong, that he could barely find a few, a handful of people there to spare the judgment of God. So they're not there for hospitality's sake, although a lot offers it, he's the only one who does. They've come on business, and the business is to exact the justice of God. They said, no, we will spend the night in the street. They would not actually have any danger in that, although Lot did not know that. But he urged them strongly, so they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. They defer to Lot, though they know he doesn't know why they're there, and they know he is a dithering kind of fellow, but they defer to him. Maybe that's something we should do more and more to one another, to defer to other people, even if we perhaps have a, a reason to be aware of greater realities than they are. They said, no, we won't force our way upon you. We will stay, accept your hospitality. They will do that. Let's just reflect upon this passage so far and ask about our own selves. How do we welcome strangers in our midst? Remember in Hebrews it says, when you welcome strangers, you may welcome angels unaware. You may not be aware they're angels you're welcoming as they are here. How do we welcome people in our lives? We may not offer that extreme and extravagant hospitality that we find in the Middle East in ancient times, but we need to offer hospitality to other people and not simply to greet them with suspicion or a hardness of heart. At least in Lot, the angels of Sodom find hospitality and welcome. He may be weak and later on we see he is utterly dishonorable but at least he has that. Let's pray the Lord to help us be more welcoming to others. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house and they called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them. This is obviously an evil they're going to bring to the people who are visitors in their midst. And it is something which Sodom has been known in throughout the Bible for many different forms of evil, and this is one, to be able to, to come when these strangers come into the town to treat them that way. It is something which uh, is obviously wrong. And it is something which 
is specifically wrong in this case in terms of what they're going to be doing to these young men who are in their midst. This is something that's spoken of elsewhere in sacred scripture, uh, especially in the first letter, the letter of St. Paul to the Romans in the first chapter. And so that is the way the whole city, the whole place is overcome with this lust. It can happen in a community. It's not just one or two, but everybody. It makes that stress. Old and young, everybody in the whole town has gone astray. And remember earlier on in the last chapter, they cannot find anyone, hardly anyone. That can happen. A whole community in many different ways can go off the track and become overcome by a kind of hysteria, which is very destructive. It may take this particular form, which is obviously famous in the Old Testament, but it may take other forms as well. When a community goes off the track together and hysteria gathers it together and we have people doing wrong, doing evil to others. And only very few are there to resist. So we must be attentive to that in our own world that there be nothing that come into our own community of many different types to cause evil, to cause harm. That's why we need each person to have a life of prayer, a life of holiness, and an attentiveness to the presence of God, and particularly to invite God's presence into our hearts and into the home that is not simply a physical home, but into our hearts especially so that we might be, each one of us, in any community in which we live, people who will be signs of the love of God, even when we're outnumbered, as Lot is in this town. I think it was Bishop Sheen who said, uh, doing wrong, even when it's a majority, is still wrong, and doing right, even if it's a minority, is still right. The numbers don't count. We can't be doing statistics and polls on that. That would certainly not have helped in this particular case. We must simply act rightly. Every individual must do that, even when the whole community goes off the track. So that's a lesson for us in many different ways in our own lives as we seek to be faithful Christians. Lot went out to the door to the men shut the door after him. Well, at least he shows a little prudence there. Uh, not very often. There's a certain comic dimension in this as well. It's pretty grim, this account of Sodom and Gomorrah, but there's a certain comic thing that he shuts the door. At least he's beginning to, to realize that that would be what he needs to do. And he said, I beg you, my brothers, do not do act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. Well, I suppose you can say the good thing he's trying to be hospitable, but this is evil, what he's proposing. Isn't that something? He's proposing another evil to fend off the first one. It's just like we have in the terms of lying when we hear that, thing, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Here he is trying to fend off one evil with another. It is true that in ancient times, you know, the, 
uh, protection of strangers under one's roof was, was very, very high value. But what he's proposing shows us another side of Lot, that he is not an honorable man, he is dishonorable. And I think that's something that is a warning to every person. But they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow came to sojourn and he would play the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. They pressed hard against the man Lot and drew near to break the door. But the men put forth their hands and brought Lot into the house to them and shut the door. When people become overcome by this kind of passion, in this case, it's lust. It is very destructive and violent, and it can cause havoc in a community, it can cause havoc in an individual life as well. I think that's something that is uh, spoken of. Um, I remember one spiritual director and teacher speaking of how Shakespeare very often tells us about that, how we can have uh, the power of evil when it begins to take hold of a person really takes over. And sometimes in the, in the sonnets of Shakespeare, especially 129 and a few others, there are some signs of the way in which this kind of uh, anger and violence can take over a whole community and take over the human heart. We also see that in the Confessions of St. Augustine, where he says, our hearts are restless till they rest in you. We see the way in which he describes the way in which passion, temptation, Lust, but also pride, anger, envy, greed, laziness, and gluttony also can take over a person's heart and lead them astray. And that can spread like fire in a whole community as well as it has obviously here in a particular way in this case. Then we see the two angels listening behind the door and the door is shut. They kind of break down the door. So they just reach through and pull Lot back He's a very passive character, a very weak kind of person. He doesn't have much strength within him to resist evil. And so the angels, they're gonna save him or they're going to punish the city. So they reach in and pull him back, get him back into the house and shut the door. And they struck with blindness, the men who were at the door of the house, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves groping for the door. Here we have that famous door is now shut and they're finding, they're trying to find it because they've been blinded. But they've been blind actually already. They've been blind since the very beginning. They've been blind in the way in which they've let passion take over their life, in the way in which they have treated, sought to treat these two young men who are in their midst, and the way also in which they're treating Lot. There's a blindness that is there already and now that blindness is made deeper by the angels protecting Lot by making that happen within the, within the people of Sodom. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or any of you have, that you have in the city? Bring them out of the place, for we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against his people has become great before the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Even here, God is reaching out through these, his messengers, to save more people, to try to find somebody in that town that they could rescue, 
free, get away from the danger and the, the judgment that's to come upon it. This is the way the Lord reaches out, even in the worst of situations. So this is pretty well the worst of situations where almost the whole city has gone wrong. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. And he didn't take seriously the message. This kind of brings us back to Noah's Ark, where Noah's there building the ark, trying to be rescued. And the people don't take it seriously. It's something we need to be attentive to, to hear the word of God in the midst of society and sometimes when it is a word of warning, not just a word of consolation. And people thought that Lot was just joking. They couldn't take it seriously that God would actually punish the city for the wrongdoing. And so they did stay overnight when morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him forth and set him outside the city. Let's just reflect for a moment on the times in which we, like Lot, have dithered. I don't know whether dithering is one of the seven deadly sins, but it's not helpful. We dither, we take time. We don't pay attention to the signs the Lord gives us. And Lot just simply sort of there. He already knows what's about to happen, but he does not have the energy and the decisiveness to act on it. Let's ask the Lord to help us and think of situations, any ones that we're in, where we need to be decisive in following the will of God and listening to what he says to us, whatever the case may be. Let us pray the Lord that we don't dither and simply stand there, that we are people who will decisively turn towards Christ and let our lives be transformed. That's what he calls us to do. And when they had brought them forth, they said, flee for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Flee to the hills, lest you be consumed. They want him to get out of there, totally away, as far away as possible. Flee to the hills. And Lot said to them, Oh, oh, no, my lords, behold, your servant has found favor in your sight and you have shown him great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot flee to the hills, lest a disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, yonder city is near enough to flee to. It's a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. I wonder whether angels ever get frustrated. No, I guess it's not an angelic thing to be frustrated. I can just see them looking at one another and saying, I can't make this up. 
we're just saving this guy. We pulled him out of a raging crowd. We're giving him hope. We're saying, flee for the hills. And he's saying, <laughs> it's a little city. I don't want to go all the way. I might get tired out. I, so that, this is a little town. So that's not going to make a big difference, will it? But anyway, God is merciful and not only merciful, is patient. So they say, okay, behold, I grant you this favor also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. He said to him, one of the angels, presumably, or maybe not. After all, the angels represent God. Maybe it is simply God saying to him, behold, I grant you this favor also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Make haste, escape there, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar, this little place that the sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Again and again, God shows his mercy. He rescues us from disaster. Even when we do not cooperate or when in our foolishness, and there's nobody more foolish than Lot, we dither and will not take him seriously. Maybe only ones more foolish than Lot were the sons-in-law who thought he was joking. So God is rich in kindness, slow to anger, abundant in mercy. And we need to be thankful for that. But Lot was not joking. The angels were not joking. God doesn't joke. He has us faced reality of all kinds. And here it is spoken of in this way. Then the Lord rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone, fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went out early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the valley, and beheld, beheld, and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. And so we have the punishment upon the city that Abraham had tried to protect and preserve, if we can find even a few good people there, but he couldn't. And even the few pretty good people there were not very cooperative with God's will, but they were rescued. And at the end, we see Abraham again, coming and looking down on the valley the old man who had seen the angels come to him and promise him hope, but he saw that those who had turned away were being punished by the Lord. He just saw the smoke rising from the valley. And so it was when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. 
This is a very disturbing account in the book of Genesis. It's challenging. It speaks of sin. It speaks of foolishness, certainly in the part of Lot and his family. It speaks of the mercy of God and the judgment of God. It does need to be read in context with chapter 18, which speaks of the hope and the promise that the angels brought to Abraham and his people. But there is an accountability that is part of the providence of God. And it is the way in which, in a sense, God takes us seriously. It is something that is continued in the New Testament, not just the Old Testament. It is the sheep and the goats. It is judgment and mercy. It's found in the back wall of the Sistine Chapel, where there you have the Lord Jesus raising people up to salvation and others down. There's another back wall of another cathedral in Italy that has it all wrong. That part of judgment is cut out because it's sort of airbrushed out. That is not real. And so it's a challenge to us in each of our lives to live repentant lives, to recognize God's mercy is with each person all the time. But he does ask us to respond to his grace. And even if we blunder in that, dither in that, foolishly act as Lot, and it's hard to find someone more foolish and dithering than Lot, he still reaches out to try to bring us out of that. It's only a hardness of heart, a rejection, that is a judgment to itself. As long as we're reaching out a little bit, even a person like Lot, we can receive from the Lord the mercy which he promises us. This is a disturbing account, but we need to be disturbed by the word of God and not simply consoled by it. And so we should be attentive, wisdom to be attentive. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth. And he said, my lords, turn aside, I pray you, to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. And they said, no, we will spend the night in the street. But he urged them strongly so they turned aside to him and entered the house, and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man, surrounded the house, and they called out to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, so we may know them. Lot went out of the door of the men to the men, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow comes to sojourn and he would play the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man Lot and drew near to break the door. But the men put forth their hands and brought Lot into the house to them and shut the door. 
and they struck with blindness the men who were at the door of the house, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone that you have in the city? Bring them out of the place, for we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. When morning dawned and the angels urged Lot, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him forth and set him outside the city. And when they had brought them forth, they said, flee for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Flee to the hills, lest you be consumed. And Lot said to them, oh no, my lords, behold, your servant has found favor in your sight and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot flee to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, yonder city is near enough to flee to. It is a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. He said to him, Behold, I grant you this favor also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Make haste, escape there, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar, the sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley and beheld and behold, the smoke of the, of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.